Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, everyone. Dave. Yeah. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing. So, Craig, what's your good thing this week? All right. Um, so, as a quick recap, uh, it is February as the time of this recording, and we live in the United States. So, here in the U.S., we are celebrating Black History Month. Um, so, I would like to uh, talk about, uh, in particular, I'm doing scientists and engineers. And this week, my good person uh, is an engineer, <clears throat> excuse me, by the name of Jerry Lawson. Uh, he, so professional so the, wrestler, Jerry Lawler. No, Lawson. Um, he worked on the, the design of the Fairchild Channel F video game console. And more importantly, for our purposes, he was the one who led the team that designed the first video game cartridge. So he has been dubbed the father of the video game cartridge. So, you know, if you have Nintendo, Super Nintendo, maybe a mobile device the switch count switch the has switch, like, kind of the, like a cartridge they're more like sd cards now but uh <laughs> yeah video game cartridges jerry lawson so, so it's uh, his fault i kept having to take my nes cartridge out and blow on it and put it back in well it's not his fault he didn't work on the nes cartridge but he actually uh designed the earlier one like you know what you would see so the fairchild f had them but like Atari, of course, also had cartridge. But yeah, there you go. Cool Good stuff. All right, who you got this week, Dave? If you'll recall, I'm focusing on black musicians, and uh, did Scott Joplin last week. This week, I would like to talk about Ethel Waters. She was an excellent jazz singer. She was the second black person to be nominated for the Academy Award. She was the first black person to star on her own TV show. And also the first black woman to be nominated for a primetime Emmy. Uh, so I've just been listening to her music throughout the week. And it's really good. She's an amazing singer. Uh, it's it's that like way, way early 2000s style. Uh, she started her career, her singing career in around 1917. So, you know, what you expect from that era. But like top of the line from those type of jazz singers. Um Kind of a little bit reminds me of Ella Fitzgerald, but a lot less scatting than Ella Fitzgerald. So, uh, yeah, really cool. She was also an actress, uh, and she was in a film with Sammy Davis Jr. back when he was a little seven-year-old. She was in a, a little short film with him, so that's pretty cool. Um, my favorite song by her that I discovered this week is titled Heat Wave. I posted a link in our Good Things channel and our Discord. And she also did versions of pretty well-known songs such as Jeepers Creepers, which is an old jazz standard. Uh, you might be familiar with the Frank Sinatra version. Uh, and then Summertime, you know, the Summertime When the Living's Easy, like she did a version of that. And that so that song's way older than I thought it was, and probably even older than mm. the Ethel Waters version. But uh, really good renditions of those two songs. But Heat Wave was my favorite out of uh, her music that I discovered this week. Uh, so yeah, really cool, uh, really great singer. 
and you know made a really good use of her opportunity and uh you know kind of really pushed the envelope forward for black woman in the early 20th century really cool excellent uh so my good thing this week and this month is uh black directors this week f gary gray let me walk you through this guy's um, imdb page for directing uh so we've got men in black international uh the fate of the furious which i haven't seen but it i, I never got that far in the fast and furious anyway straight out of compton law-abiding citizen be cool the Italian Job, The Negotiator, Set It Off, and then finally, the best thing he's ever made, and one of my favorite movies of all time, Friday. This guy hey. directed Friday. I heard of that. And Have I? Yeah, that whole list is so good that I'm going to forgive him for Be Cool. Um, when people hear my name uh, is Craig, they they've occasionally reference Friday. Yep. yep. I, I don't want to quote it because there are very few lines that are appropriate for this podcast, but it's a great movie. Yep. Doesn't, uh, I'm sorry to, to go off on a tangent here, but doesn't Sean quote Friday at one point during the episode where they're on the boat? Um, the one guy's name is Krieg. No, uh, his the, name is Craig. Eh. It's not Krieg. He's not a Borderlands he 2 character. He pronounces it really it weird. sounded like a bad impression of Epic Voice Guide. We were like, Craig. Okay. <laughs> he he his pronounces name, it not how I pronounce it. His name is not Craig. It's Craig. Craig. And and, and then Sean mentions Friday, and he, he does a Okay. Mama. Knock, 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 knock. Mama. Knock, 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 knock. Yeah. The, the Friday sequels were not directed by F. Gary Gray. They get much sillier. They're also still really good, but yeah. F. Gary Gray. So, Tori, I believe you're up next. Okay, so I am focusing on black authors and illustrators this month, and this week I want to tell you guys about Jason Reynolds, who uh, kind of burst onto the scene during the past decade and is now everywhere. He's really going to be one of the best authors of this century, I think. Um, he writes mostly YA. Uh, he's got some very believable characters, very relatable characters, um, I enjoyed the book As Brave As You, which is about um, two boys who go to spend a summer with their blind grandfather. Uh, he's got another one called Long Way Down that I didn't like as much as As Brave As You, but uh, it's it's very popular. And also of greatest interest to this particular audience would be Miles Morales' Spider-Man which is not a comic book or a graphic novel. It's a, it's a novel novel. And, um, wait, so spider, is it actually Marvel's Spider-Man, but a full on novel? Yeah. Yeah. Marvel has a That's bunch awesome. of novels and I can talk about that in a future good thing. Um, but yeah, this version of Spider-Man is amazing. And you really, uh, you get to know <laughs> amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they're, they're um, all amazing. Well, no, like, some of like them are I said, um, Jason Reynolds is great at believable, relatable characters in his books. And so in this book, you get to relate to Miles Morales on, on, you know, a point of view character level. And, uh, I, I just thought it was great. It, it's really great. Um, but yeah, you can find Jason Reynolds, um, in he's he's done novels and graphic novels and um story collections um both alone and with other people and um is has also been um 
very vocal about uh, black rights and um, just black history and has done a lot of nonfiction in in that vein. So look him up. He's pretty fabulous. And I think you'll enjoy him. Neat. Awesome. So, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Craig read some chapters this week. <laughs> what? <laughs> For the first time. It's not the first. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, the first time I'm reading this ever. No, for the first time since Warbreaker. De- definitely a deviation from the norm, I would say. <laughs> I think about half the time I actually. I No, I did read along with Mistborn and then I I pushed ahead. Okay, someone out there uh, who needs to listen to our backlog, I need you guys to tell us every time Craig says he didn't read the chapters and <laughs> then we need to have a tally. No, 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 no. Don't, don't go down that path. I would oh. like it noted that I did not drag on Craig. I just set him up so everybody else could. <laughs> you did. Do good. You guys know after we finish Oathbringer, I'm going to be doing a Cosmere deep dive podcast deep dive, so I can probably get that tally for you in the next uh, year or oh, so. Tori. Man. We need to, we need to like metaize this. That should be one of our patron like. Yeah, I was gonna say we should we should set up some C D D D D D D D D C D D recordings. Yeah. Are you a D D D main? Uh no, I'm more I'm more various links. <laughs> say four of them. Yeah. I, I don't really care of which one I'm using as long as I can like jumping down stab. Love the jumping down stab. Anyway, uh Craig, what chapters did you read this week? I read chapters sixteen through 19 of Oathbringer, except I didn't actually read all that. But I, I'm... Perhaps I you that. have some bullet points to read from Chapter 16. You know what? It's funny that you mention this, and this doesn't really affect you at all, but I was thinking of coming up with my own bullet point list. Um, the problem is I'm not funny like Dave, so uh, I would be serious. I would be curious to see which bullet points intersect, though. Well, no, no, it would be in spoiler time. I, I wouldn't refer you. That's why I'm like, you wouldn't be able to hear the bullet points until, like, years from now, but, you know, fun. It won't take years to read one book, guys. But now I need you to do this, Craig. I need it. (laughs) They're not going to be funny. They're just going to be like, hey, this is interesting, and I want to talk about it. It will be funny how not funny you are. Yeah, anti-humor can be hilarious. You're like our own personal Colin Robinson. Anywho, Dave's got some bullet points that he's going to read. What's that guy? What's that now? Jim Carrey guy? The man on the moon guy. Andy? It's Kaufman? Andy, Andy Kaufman, yeah, Andy yes. Kaufman. Is he yeah. an anti-humor guy? Sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes After he 16, did straight humor. Wrapped yeah. three times. Those are the number of times that Andy Kaufman was an anti-humor guy. Three times. Uh, so that's why they call them honor blades. Odium cannot break his own rules. Only preservation can do that. Hmm, maybe autonomy. Dang. Two hidden shard blades in Erythru? Dalinar is so amazingly primitive that he still thinks wristwatches are a pretty neat idea. And they're not (laughs) even digital. (laughs) Got the Hitchhiker's reference out early this week, you guys. Man, I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, it, it super fits. Oily leather wrestling match. Yikes. Uh, Dalinar is lawful now and cannot use Barbarian Rage, but I guess he has some access to some Paladin ability instead. I don't know. Oh, Navani <laughs> calls him Gemheart. Does Dalinar think he's going to fight Nanumbra himself? 
Nonumber being the name I gave to the Nine Shadow Dude. I think Nonumber is a pretty great name. There's for you guys. Tell me you think it's a pretty great name, too. Yeah, it's a pretty great name, Dave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Craig, it's your turn. Hi. Welcome to the <laughs> Deep Dive. Uh, Clash with Kadesh, Irie Queen. What about Adel and Shardplate? Evie. Yo, spoilers. Careful. Though. Yeah. Um, uh, I know we're going to get to it, but but you, you bring up a good topic of conversation related to preservation. Okay. It's the second bullet point. So let's talk yeah, about no. the first. So why do they call them Honor Blades? Because they're pieces of honor. Yep. All right, that was easy. All right, um, it so yeah, is probably made out of <laughs> Honor's uh, God Medley. I mean, I think he, oh, I think Honor actually made it. Like he created, like poof, Blade. Here you go. Have some oh. special powers. What was Honor's yeah. name? Honor's shard holder's name again? Tanavast. Yeah, Tanavast. Okay. Tanavastium. Then Tanavasium. All right, so yeah, you bring up the point how like preservation can break his own word. Like it, it's a really good point. Um, the fact that Odium, who is our big bad, is like, yeah, but he still follows the rules. Like, typically, yeah, when he you can't think of act a big outside villain, of his character, right? Right. So, right. so preservation and ruin made a pact. Preservation basically said, okay, ruin. Eventually, you could ruin this planet. Like, I'll I'll let you do that. And then he's like, no, I really want to preserve it though. And of course, we get Mistborn. Like, that's the book. Um. It's interesting that he was able to do that because it's really hard for a shard holder, essentially the intent of a shard holder, because by this point, it's it's been around long enough. Um, they've been holding it long enough that it's essentially just the intent that it's able to go against these oaths, and this pact that was but made. But the oath goes against the intent. And I think in this case, the intent won out. Ah, Yeah, it kind of makes sense because preservation's trying to preserve Skadriel. Yeah. So presumably, I mean, presumably the agreement was put in place before, um, before preservation was like fully taken over by the by the shard, right? Right. And so like that that agreement could have happened then, but over time the shard takes over and basically yeah forces forces them to break the oath, which then leads to its own death. Now, in the case of Odium. Uh, there's nothing that really could be said that would make him want to go against the oath that's made because his intent is is this odium, which is just the divine hatred, essentially. Um, so it could it could have you could have rules set in place that he would have to follow against that. Intent. And now remind me, odium held... is Sorry. a shard of Adelnauseum? Yeah. Yes, they all are. He's also held the shard long enough that like the person functionally doesn't exist anymore like there's a little bit but not not in any sort of decision making capacity yeah keep in mind that there are cosmere shards and then there are roshar shards and they're not the same <laughs> shard when we're talking about shards and there capital are dawn shards s, capital s oh yeah th thanks Mike. capital s shard for the the shards of adonazi it's just occurring to me now that odium is an actual word it means general or widespread hatred or disgust directed towards someone as a result of their action. Thank yep. you, Google definition. Yep, and Odium's, the actions that Odium is focused on primarily is breaking the original agreement to not, to, to split ways and each person, or each shard go to their own little section of space. 
Right. So it's a result of them not doing what he thinks is right. Which Even is though kind of interesting. it's still weird, but he broke ambition first and, and ambition was not. It was just the I, the whole discussion is that ambition was probably the most dangerous to all of the shards. So it's like we need to deal with him first and then, hey, look at all these planets that have two shards. What the heck? We agreed to just do one each. It's like, so ambition, the Malthus one. Uh, that's the um, Threnody. Threnody. What's Malthus? Malthus is endowment. I mean, what story is that? Sorry. Warbreaker. 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 Oh, I I was thinking of witches and werewolves, but I wanted to say Malthus because I couldn't remember the name Shadows of Self and the Shadows of Forests of Hell. Yep, that's uh, Threnody. But I got the wrong planet. I was thinking Th- Threnody. B. Scodium. I'm actually really curious what Odium would think of Sazed now, because Sazed's holding... He, he essentially has one shard now, and that, that is what happened. Even though he picked up two shards, he's essentially made them into one shard. There is a harmony shard now. That it isn't a preservation and a ruin shard. When he, If something were to happen to Sazed, he would drop a single shard. Whether Same he they, thinks he of them it, together. he might not think of it that way, but that is what has happened. So I'm curious what Odium would even think of Sazed, uh, because he's he's effectively one shard now. And plus, he yep. wasn't part of the agreement anyway, although I don't know if that matters for the intent. Like, the intent might still be angry, even if, if different holders. Just, I don't know. You know, it would be interesting if, as some Cosmere fans think, the kind of end goal is to recombine all the shards back into Adonalsium. I wonder if they have to be done in a certain order. Like, oh, maybe Harmony was the wrong way to go. We have to break that back into Ruin and Preservation and combine Ruin with Odium before we make the next connection. Like, that would be kind of interesting. Well, if you're going to open Turtle Rock, you got to pound the right peg and then the (laughs) top peg and then the left peg. If you do it out of order, Or you mirror jump. You don't even need to open the door. Yeah, we're not playing with overworld glitches, Dave. (laughs) So, Um, I would like to sort of see, like, could you imagine... Like, how, how do you reel in Odium? Like, that's sort of the question. How do you... So... I think it's been described in a book like it's it's essentially God's divine wrath, but it doesn't have any of the context associated with that. So it has Ten. this whole. Yeah. So it has the issue where it's just this unbridled rage. Well, hatred, not rage. Um, so how do you reel that in? Like, wait, on, is it hatred uh, or rage? And it how it do is you know? hatred. It is hatred. Combining well, honor you... with it would be a good first step. Honor would help. But then I feel like you have someone like Nail where it's just like. You're following the law, like things have to be exact. And if you break the law, you're going to get that hatred thrown on you. Like you need some kind of you need some uh, kind of temperance. Uh, oh. Yeah. Nail's an Odium fanboy. OK, but now now my personal headcanon is that Odium is being played by Ben Stiller's Mr. Furious from Mystery Men because his power comes from his rage. Bill Mitchell is in that. It's been too long since I've seen that movie. I can't remember anything else about it. I think William H. Macy was in it. <laughs> he was. You need to watch it again. That's one of my uh, watch-all-the-time movies. But I hate Ben Stiller. I hate him so much. But that movie was so fun. You know, a lot of people don't like him, but and I can, I can see with that point of view, but I, I still like Meet the Parents. Like, yeah, it's Ben Stiller, but he's not that bad in that movie. That's the one with Robert De Niro, right? Yeah. All right, so question, do we know 
who the shard holder of ODM is. Do we it's, know his name? Yes. Yeah. Did, does Dave know his name? Yes. That is name was re- revealed oh, in yeah. the letter in the first book. No, it's Raze. Raze. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they mention it. Like, I think Hoyt specifically calls out, like, you remember AT held the shard and he was a nice guy. And just imagine Raze holding the, the hatred one. Like, oh, that's a bad combo. Like, it's you see his name. It's in passing. So it's already a jerk. Yes. <laughs> Unlike AT. Yes, I mean, exactly. Hoyd's Hoyd's calling AT a good guy is because he bought him a drink once. Like that's literally all we have on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just whenever you have any Hoyd stuff, just remember that he is not a trustworthy source. Mm. True that. True that. You can always trust a dishonest person to be dishonest, and a smart Alec to be smart Alec. Uh, anywho, you have more bullet points to get through the chapter, right? No, that was it. But like going back over and telling us what they mean. Yeah, we stopped at the second bullet point and then we had a good conversation. There are two hidden shard blades on your through. So yeah, we get Dalinar talking to a sword. It's the sword that Seth dropped. It's the honor blade that can make its wielder a windrunner without being attached to any oaths. Kind of powerful. You know, now that I think about it, there could be a lot of hidden shard blades in Urethiru. Like, from bygone days? From, like, the recreants when... when Yeah, bygone days. Yeah. That's what I said! <laughs> but, like, when that it. happened, there there had to have been, like, some uh, radiance at Urethiru, right? Yeah, to run Oath Gates, if nothing else. Yeah. I, I'm not convinced, Mike, but I see what you're saying, but I I think something I mean, else. I think the well, recreants be honor, we, we know a good reason why, like... They may not still be there, but there could be some hidden ones. So but that's getting into spoiler still... stuff. Oh, so who still has... Does uh, Talon still have his honor blade? And the other nine are unaccounted for? Fun story about that. Um, when <laughs> when we see Talon... Like, that's why Sadius okay. is trying to like get his shard blade away from him or something. So when Dalinar was sick... In when when Kaladin was in jail and Dalinar was sick back in the second book, Dalinar bonded a blade that he thought was Town's. Yeah, but it mm. wasn't an honor blade. Town came with an honor blade, but the blade that Dalinar bonded wasn't it. Someone did a switcheroo at some point. Yep. Town did. You're right, Dave. Town did have an honor blade, but the other nine they left them behind. Right? Yes. Okay. And, and so this Windrunner blade is one of those nine. Originally, the yes. Shin were, like, charged with maintaining the Honor Blades, but, you know, they gave one to Seth, as they do, because, here, you're truthless. Have He's a sword. He's truthless. He's toothless. Have one of these priceless swords, even though we think you're dirt. Well, correction, we think you're... Wait. No, they like dirt. Yeah, I know. They like dirt, but they also like stone. Stone is... So, here, you're, you're poop. Rock? They... I don't know if they like rock, but... Wait, 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 wait. They don't... They don't walk on stone. Is that yeah. because they really like stone or because they hate stone? I think it's because they like stone. I like Numuhuku Makiaki Ayaluna more. All right, let's 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 just continue. Down our blah, blah, blah watch. We get this cool new wristwatch thingy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, this, this one guard is kind of like... I, I like the one guard because he's like, hey... Didn't Navani <laughs> give you a watch? You should you should use that. And he's like, Arr. yeah, it's like it's basically the Rosharian version of the. What time is it? Time to get a watch. <laughs> <laughs> Delinar, Delinar is explicitly a high, 
<laughs> Delinar is explicitly Sam Vimes in this in this chapter. Tori knows what I'm talking yes. about. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, so Dalinar needs to get some kinks out or something, so he wants to watch and be part of some hot, oily leather wrestling match. And yeah. people don't want to fight him because he's still kind of a heretic for marrying Navani. Did you it's... intentionally use the word kinks before hot, oily leather wrestling match? Okay, I... tell me you did. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I intended it as I was saying it, but not before I started saying it, and I was like, this is correct. <laughs> uh, but uh, So he's in this wrestling match, and he either can't access the thrill or refuses to access the thrill or something, because he's lawful now. And, you know, ex-barbarians who turn lawful no longer have access to the class ability Barbarian Rage, which is basically so, what thrill is. Keep in mind, Dave, they don't have access to the D&D uh, player's guide so he might not know that we know that that's true you can't you don't want to use out of character knowledge either <laughs> so there's some other thing where he can access some kind of power from stormlight but then he's like ah oh, that would be stoops cheats so he decides not not to cheat and still a little stubborn doesn't yield immediately but he's like uh should probably not injure people in a time of war and Navani shows up, and she calls him Chamhart. Isn't that just sweet? Well, Navani shows up first and tells him he's being an idiot. Then he realizes he's being <laughs> an idiot. And then he continues to be an idiot for like five extra seconds and gets the, gets the dude hurt and probably himself hurt. Oh, but he can deal seconds, Steve. A round is six seconds. Come on. Yeah, it was five-sixths of a round. And bull riding uh... is eight seconds. <laughs> Who's K-Dash? Is that the guy? that he fought that's that's um no kadash is one of the ardents uh that was essentially his friend from no, the oh yeah days he used who... to be a soldier and he became an ardent and now yeah. he's like uh, you're a heretic dalinar <laughs> you're yeah. a heretic harry <laughs> um what about adolin's shard plate i think his shard plate was back Acquired by Dalinar's marriage. Yes. And we finally, we, along with Dalinar, finally learn the name of his dead wife. And it's Evie. And hey, Spoilers yeah. about the shard plate. That doesn't come up for another couple chapters. It's implied in this chapter. It's implied that he married in order to acquire a shard plate in this chapter. Yeah, but it isn't actually like explained until... A later chapter this well, week. Well, I wrote this bullet point before I read chapter 19, so I'm guessing it was a little obvious. Or I'm just super perceptive, you guys. No, it must have been really obvious. Yeah. But um, That's um. what I... Th uh, so yeah, we finally learned Evie's name. Dalinar's uh, reverse widower. And that's the end of chapter 16. I don't know why you do this every time. I really don't understand. I'm waiting to see if anybody has anything to say. We we said stuff already during the chapter. You can continue. And continue I shall. Chapter 17. Trapped in Shadows. Cards. Some parchment can see Sylphrena. Void spren. The Everstorm bridged the gaps in their minds. How are you going to make a fire with wet logs, Kaladin? Uh, this is a continuing story of Kaladin, who submitted himself as a prisoner to the escaping Parshman, 
Sylphrena starts acting all weird, like uh, wind sprint again, and Kaladin gets nervous, and Sylphrena's like, shh, I'm trying to trick him into thinking I'm on a wind sprint. There's a void sprint up there, and he's keeping an eye on us. And Kaladin, uh, having been a slave and remembering what it was like being on the run, has some lessons to teach the parchment, and he tries to explain, you know, like, ah, you're walking along the river, which... You know, I know you want to have this source of water, but at the same time, this is the first place someone's going to look for you. So this isn't really a good escape route. But while we're here, we may as well uh, cook your grains because they're going to spoil unless we dry them out and bake them into cakes and all kinds of things. And they're uh, basically the parchment are like they... Uh, he actually, he unties his own bonds. He cuts his bonds using Sulfrena as a shard knife. And then they're like, well, your bonds are free. We may as well see what you got. Uh, go ahead. We'll see if you can make a fire out of these wet logs. You cut your own ropes, which clearly means that you aren't dangerous. Because you've, you've established that you can cut stuff, even though we took all your weapons off of you. Well, it's more like, uh, oh, snap. If he wanted to kill us, he would have done so already, type of deal. And yeah, Sulfrena tells Kaladin to be cool, so Kaladin bees cool. Yeah. But yeah, not a whole lot going on, except that Kaladin continues trying to teach the rules of a game that he doesn't really remember very well, either. <laughs> a card game, yeah. Rooks can capture, but only if they wrap around the edge of the board and teleport to the other side. Bishops can only move diagonally, except on the third Wednesday of the month. Which is today. Chapter 18? Yes. Chapter 18. Double vision. Are those oath gates? Shallan became Vale. If Pattern loves Adolin so much, why doesn't he marry him? No mating. So Pattern is like if Wayne had political influence. I'm sure that had something to do with alcohol. Yor tells Shallan all about his this all's alley. Shallan remembers that she can tap her gold mine to sober up. Is Shallan going to drink an entire yug of horn eater white? Double murder? What does it mean? So Shallan goes into town as Vale, trying to help Adolin with this murder mystery. And she starts to drink this stuff that's too much for her to handle, but then she can use her stormlight to uh, purge the poison, the alcohol poison, out of her body. Uh, oh, the oath gates thing was referring to the 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 graphic on the chapter heading has like the little arch thingy. Do you know how each uh, each person, each point of view character, has their own little icon? They also have their own like arch thingy in the in the uh, illustrations, and I was wondering if the arches were oath gates or represented oath gates or some something like that, or if they're just there to look cool. I have no idea, Craig. What? What's the question? I don't actually know what you're you're referring to. Well, you know how the chapter heading, you know, where it has the chapter number, it also has a picture. Yeah. And yeah, they've got different uh, graphics based on the main point of view character of that yeah, chapter. That's, Shallan's that's actually had two, I think. Well, that's pattern, yeah. Well, yeah. Shallan's, I think, in previous books was like an ocean with a sunset or something like that. But uh, in addition to that, you can also see like an arch that goes like over on, the graph. On the on patterns pattern. You'll notice it next time you open the book. I, no, I'm looking at the graphic right now. 
I don't see at all. Are you looking on the copper mind or are you looking in a book? Oh, I'm looking at the copper mind. Is it different? Yeah, there's there's more art in the book. <sighs> there's that whole like archway thing over the chapter number and title. Uh, okay. Which uh, I, oh, it usually okay. I think it usually also has like heralds on it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. I have to go get my book though. Yeah, my book is also in the other room. Otherwise, I could look at this, but yeah, maybe I for next each, week. I think each arch also corresponds to the graphic. Uh, but I was just like, oh, this might be like what an oath gate looks like. Yeah, there's there's a good chance that's case. Now, I, now now that yeah, I know what you're. Talking. I'm sorry, I thought you meant Shalon's image was just patterned. Uh, but I'm thinking no, because the oath gates are just circles in the ground with a with a little building ground? next to it. Yeah. Like are they pa- are they horizontal planes? I, yeah. I pictured it as a building. Hmm. That, no, like, there rotated. there is a building attached to it that like travels with it. But yeah, the actual like oath gate itself is just big circle. Yeah, it's like a teleportation pad. It's not an actual art or gate. Oh, it's Star Trek. Yes, except okay. bigger. But yes. Okay, so it's not a literal gate. Yeah, I was thinking more like I don't know dogma. <laughs> what am I thinking like Minecraft, <laughs> the portals in Minecraft. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So yeah, Vale is going into the bars trying to get info on these murders and blah blah blah. Long story short, it turns out that this uh this guy murdered his wife, and then the next day they found a corpse of somebody. I think it was a barmaid. And she was murdered in the exact same way that this man had murdered his wife. Similar to Adolin kills Sadius with a knife through the eye. Next day they find a different guy with knife through the eye. So same thing happened, but with a different murderer and two different victims. And it used this murderer's style rather than Adolin's style. Well, they're, they're accusing the, the guy because they know who murdered. I mean, right, they think wife. that the guy killed the barmaid yeah. after he killed his wife. Uh now, do because you think was, that? I you mean, know more I, than our characters do, except for Adolin. Adolin knows. I believe that. I believe as much as Adolin killed other guy, so that, not that at was all? the case. I don't know. Come on, man, Hercule Poirot, this thing. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> who done it. it. <laughs> um, spoiler, I guess. So I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of echo, or like they're copying John's. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> oh, you're so from Philly. Yeah. Everyone's like, what? What does that mean? I did eat pork roll today. Although I think that's more of a Jersey thing. So, Adolin kills dude. And then there's some kind of ghosts in the hallways that are like, ah, oh, that's how you kill dude. Let me try to kill dude. And I wonder if it'll happen to other actions besides murder. Like, I wonder if it would happen to, like, cooking or happen to like playing video games or like happen to like love like oh i kissed person no mating in the hallway no No mating mating. okay (laughs) then uh gosh that's that (laughs) i hope you don't get tired of the no mating thing because it's not going anywhere not going away I love that scene. He's like, oh, you guys were talking about mating. No mating. <laughs> I mean, there goes this, their chess match. This chapter has a nearly as good scene of Shallan talking about how she's eventually going to marry Adolin and 
pattern's all like, I like Adolin. And she's like, why don't you marry him? Can I marry him? No. <laughs> why not? Because Shallan's engaged to him. Uh, anything else for chapter 18? You tell us. Guess mm, not. Chapter 19, then? Yeah. Chapter 19, The Subtle Art of Diplomacy. Dalinar, just cut your meat with this shard blade, my dude. So and this whole it. chapter is Dalinar trying to find a knife. That's exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so this is a flashback 31 years ago. Dalinar, um, he's at this banquet, and he's trying to eat a pork chop. And the waiter doesn't give him a knife. And so he goes out to get his own knife. He talks to his guards. He talk, go, tries to go to the camp, walks out in the middle of a high storm, trying to find his knife, comes back soaking wet. And, you know, the people that they're they're trying to make diplomacy with are just, like, super impressed that he's able to walk out into a high storm and survive, even though they're in a pretty enclosed area and it's not really dangerous at all, at least to the Alethi. And then they're like, oh, this is great. We make a pact with these guys, and then the other high princes will see that I'm good at foreign relations, as Gavilar says. And... Uh, Eli, we can see, is already very deceptive at this point, <laughs> even early on in her marriage just to uh, Sadius. And Sadius seems pretty cool back then, a lot cooler than Dalinar, in fact. And Dalinar is just like... So Dalinar is trying to go out to see his guard, so he uses his shard blade, uh, Oathbringer, to cut the latch on the door so that he can go and, and talk to his buddies. He did what try to it? knock first. I'm, yeah, I want to. I want to establish this. Yes, he did try to knock. But like, I'm just wondering. Like, um, Lyft figured out how to eat with her shard blade. Why can't Dalinar do that? He can cut his pork chop with his shard blade. He can also cut the plate and the table underneath it. Well, hey, Lyft wasn't worried about that. Lyft's shard blade is alive and can make different forms. Oathbringer is kind of stuck as a sword. And yeah. Lyft also established that even, like, as a shard fork, it kind of sucks for trying to handle food. <laughs> so then he comes back and he asks the waiter for a knife, and he brings him, like, this little butter knife. And he's like, I can't cut my pork chops with this. And then an assassin shows up and tries to stab Gavilar. Dalinar knocks uh, Gavilar down so to save him, and then he grabs the assassin's knife, stabs him in the chest, kills him. And then washes the knife off in his glass of wine and proceeds to eat his pork chops with the assassin's knife. And everyone's staring at him and he says, what? It's not like I'm going to drink the wine that I used to wash the blood. I'm not a barbarian, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and he also thinks that his future wife is pretty hot. And that's pretty cool. So if he's not a barbarian, then he must be a fighter subclass of... Uh, what's the one? You get, like, nearly barbarian stuff from it. Dave, Berserker? help me out. Berserker. There we go. He's not a berserker because he doesn't attack his allies. Okay, but he also said he's not a barbarian. He's got to be one of the two. He is a barbarian. But barbarians historically have low intelligence scores, so he probably doesn't know he's a barbarian. But they have very high strength, which is, which is established by his biceps. <laughs> So he is a barbarian. He he must have a level in fighter, or he spent one of his feats on heavy armor proficiency. That's that's where I'm at with him. Hold on, shard yeah, plate though is very light. Like 
that that's they, actually a good point. People oh, frequently mention how light mithril, it feels. Right. So mithril is is does mithril count as one uh, armor category lighter? Like doesn't yeah something like that. Does heavy does like plate mithril count as medium armor? Uh oh, we need an extra D D here. I mean, it depends on what version you're talking about, as always. Well, three point uh, five. That's that would be the one that that Brandon has in mind while he's writing this book. I think. Ah, so here's a uh, mithril for five fifth edition. Uh, mithril is a light, flexible metal. Um, if it's a chain shirt or breastplate, you can wear it under your clothes. Um, and if the armor would impose a disadvantage on dexterity, stealth checks, or, or has a strength requirement, the Mithril version does not. Yeah. In 3.5, I don't think it goes down a class. So, like, I think it's... Does it? I, I want to look that up later and then forget to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a plan. So yeah, what, to see, like, with the earlier editions. Sorry. What did Dalinar do to bend his butter knife? He cut his pork. But he well, didn't. maybe the pork was just really tough. Like, the camera moves away slightly, and then as soon as we come back, the <laughs> knife is, like, bent into an S. I thought it was, like, slightly bent. I didn't realize this was very S-y. I mean, I'm considering it as, like, a, a joke scene, but yeah. <laughs> just, like, I mean, Sadius really and Gavilar have a quick chat for, like, three seconds, and then when we cut back, you know, the knife is bent in very weird ways, and Sadius is like, how did you do that? I, I don't know. Didn't Navani say that? How did you do that? So he still gets kind of nervous around Navani as well. Oh, one thing that I wanted to point out about this chapter and the Dalinar flashback chapters in general, I think that we as readers are getting them at the same time that current time Dalinar is recalling them. So yeah, I don't remember accurate. if it was in the text or if it was on the back of the book. It talks about how Dalinar is remembering his past little bits and pieces at a time. And I think that we're actually getting that in real time uh, at the same rate that Dalinar is getting them in the current uh, timeline of the story. Or at least we're is... seeing the memory that he now has access to, I should say. Because it's, it's not yeah. like these are visions so much as this is something that he can now recall. This mm -hmm. particular scene. Um, for the record, though, he stabbed the dude with the knife, with the assassin knife, cleans it, I am doing air quotes here with wine. Do you know, like, he stabbed the dude with it. It went into his body. Do you know how much bacteria and other stuff is still on that knife? That is disgusting. Do you know dude. how much alcohol is yeah. in the drinks that Dalinar is drinking? He, he's, he's drinking purple, which from the Shalon chapter we have established is basically moonshine <laughs> with, with some <laughs> added flavor and color. It's fine. Like, yeah. Germs are not an issue here, man. Alcohol kills germs Assuming through a simple chemical process known as denaturalization. Assuming he scraped the intestines off of the knife as well, he's fine. I mean, I guess if it's incredibly strong alcohol, I could say it. All right. All right. You get a pass this time. It's not like the horn eater white that he can use to de-rust his dishes or whatever the bartender said in the previous chapter. But yeah. Uh, who sent the assassin? The Parshendi. No, 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 this assassin. The one that Dalinar <laughs> got a knife delivery from. Uh, Sadius. I lie. I don't know. Um, actually, I wonder if it was the the brother and sister, I forget their names, Evie and her brother. Like, 
because this is basically the, a job interview for uh, Gavilar and Co. to see if they're strong enough to protect them as allies. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if the uh, the people of this region are sending the assassin themselves just to test them. But it could be any of the other eight high princes as well. Or I think they said four of them were they had kind of beaten in a submission. Or there's some number of them. Yeah, something there are, like that. There are definitely other high princes that have not yet been beaten in this submission. And it could have been one of them. So, all right. Um, do we want to... I think we want to do a spoiler time. Wait, I feel we're like, already ready? I do. I feel like Craig's got some spoiler time stuff. Uh, I mean, no? when do I not? Okay. So, <laughs> anybody got anything for Dave before we, before we kick him out? Nope. Goodbye, you guys. Okay. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, so Evie. We get we get Evie for our, for our first look at Evie. There she is. We finally uh, hear her name. And I remember the first time I read this, and I'm like, wait, that's her name. He saw, well, I mean, he reacts to, of course, hearing the name. Um, but I never, I didn't think we would, because for a while, it's just like you hear, shh, 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 and you're like, oh, that's how it's just going to be. But nope. Yeah. And what like happened? his his first thought on seeing her is like, she doesn't look like Navani at all. Well, yeah. Um. Oh, so I typed this out in our spoiler episode discussion channel, but... I don't know who sent the assassin. It might get revealed later in the book, and I've forgotten, but I don't know. Opera Mind doesn't even have a link or anything, so it's just... So keep in mind, okay, the time of this is happening, there are a number of different high princes who are rebelling against the idea of Gavilar becoming the overall king. Um, yeah, so they've got so any many enemies that it, it could be very nearly anyone. My interpretation of this scene, though, is that this is just a common occurrence. Like, this is just a thing that happens every day, and it's fine, because they deal with it. Like, I actually don't think it's Sadius. I don't think Sadius at no. this point wants to hurt, hurt Gavilar at all. Sadius is very much on Team Gavilar. However, later in the book, I think there's a fair amount of evidence that Sadius does try to kill Dalinar, which is a thing. Well, that's because he always views Dalinar as a threat. Which makes me wonder why Way of Kings Dalinar ever even thought about trusting Sadius, ever. You're going to have to remind me what exactly happens. Like, does Dalinar know that Sadius tried to... I don't remember the details. We'll have to actually just get there when we get there, but... Okay. I, I like the the place that they go where he eventually kills Eevee. Like, the, the prince there's like, yeah, I've I've been... I got instructions from Sadius to to do this, and then there's a trap, and Dalinar almost get, gets killed in a rock slide. Mm. Man, this would be better if I could remember the details. All right, we'll you keep an you eye remember out. about as many details as I do. But yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but yeah, other, I guess other big uh, possibilities are Ristares or Thydekar, who at least one of them was mentioned back in the prologue of Way of Kings as the person... Thetacar. Thetacar, yeah, okay. Yeah, as, as, yeah, like, tell Thetacar he's too late. Yeah, right? the, the, yeah, the person sure. that Gavilar thought assassinated him. Yeah. Um, 
So something I wanted to talk about is is the guard that uh, Gavilar collects, or not Gavilar, Galinar collects in Chapter 16. Uh, hold on. Oh yeah, the the Bridge 13 guy? Yeah, Ryle. He's he, so um, good. He's He is really good. So he becomes one of Teth's squires. This is like what happens in the future when Teth... Actually, in this book, right? Teth, this is when he... He actually swears the ideal at the end of the book. Um, Ryle is one of his... Basically, all of Bridge 13 are his squires. But in particular, when I go to the copper mine entry for Ryle, it says that he has an unusual accent and behavior. He has an inconsistent appearance, a mysterious past, and suddenly he's next to the to the big guys like Dalinar. So he might be a world hopper. Now, don't... We got to be careful chasing shadows here because sometimes someone is just a little bit weird. Doesn't make them a world hopper. Um, and also, more importantly, and this is something I read recently, uh, just because Brandon Rayfos something doesn't mean there's something hidden there. Brandon will Rayfo common questions as well just to throw people off. He doesn't, a Rayfo isn't, hey, there's something here. You should read into that. A Rayfo is read and find out. Maybe it's nothing, maybe it's something. So. Even though he has Rayfoed questions about Ryle, doesn't mean he's a world hopper. However, there's also some hints that he could be a world hopper. So take it as you will. Or sometimes he does an AMA in 2015 that tells you that Kelsier is the head <laughs> of the freaking Ghostbloods. I love that, though. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I dug up a, a word to Brandon. I was just I was just on the Coppermine wiki and I'm like reading few, a few things as I do, you know, on my free time. And um. There's a post uh, from a word of Brandon where they're like, what secret society would Kelsier be a part of on Roshar? And the answer Brandon gave, because he didn't Rafo, why would he? He's like, he would be in Ghostbloods and he'd be in charge of them within a year. Guys, as far as we can determine, Kelsier is in charge of the Ghostbloods and, and that's, he's Theta Car. Like that... It hasn't been, like, 100% confirmed, but we got, like, 90% there. Like, all the hints point being Kelsier. So, yes, he told us in 2015, in a word of Brandon, that this is that this is the thing. Uh, when did it, Word of Radiance just came out last year, right? Uh, Rhythm of, of Radiance, War, yes. Uh, Rhythm of War, I meant Rhythm of War. Oh, my gosh, I'm mixing my... my Roars of Radiance, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, that came out last year, right? Yeah. So he confirmed this essentially six years ago. I think he confirmed it before Oathbringer came out. Like, I think this was a uh, a talk from before Oathbringer. There you go. It has been planned for that long. It's almost like he's got this overarching plan that he's, you know, been plotting out for years and years. Yeah. I mean, Brandon has commented that he he's an outliner. So I'm sure there's a, a number of these things uh, that he has planned in advance. And this... I think this is large enough that he would definitely plan it in advance. So that's cool. Um, dude, I, I read it last night. There was something about Zahil in chapter 16 as well. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's there. He gives a color metaphor. I was curious. When I read this, I'm like, is Dave going to note? Like, Dave still doesn't. He said nothing. Dave didn't even bullet point this. Like, it's so weird. He's like, it, this is the part where he's like, like black on white. Like, he comments. He makes some kind of example. And then Zahil's like, like black on white. And Dalinar's like, like black on white. What does that mean? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like there's I guys, the hints are stronger in this book that Zahil is weird compared to last book. Uh, How long is it going to take? I wonder if Dave notices. Okay, 
One, I wonder if he doesn't already know because I told him and I shouldn't have. Or if he, he ignored that. It, though. Yeah. Or if he is going to pick up pick up on it once we see Vivenna. Yeah, yeah. AKA Azure. Yeah. Alright, uh, what else is in these chapters? Oh. Uh the the reason the uh the Eerie, like Evie and her brother, are so impressed with Dalinar going out into a high storm on yeah. top of going out into a high storm being suicidal, um, is that they're from they're from the West, where high storms are way lighter and like they're terrified of these eastern high storms. Yeah. Because they're way stronger than, than like anything they're used to. Yep. Oh, and Dalinar saw a uh Thunderclass. Yes. Wait, is it a Thunderclass or is it a different thing that just hangs out in the stormfront? I, I don't think it was a Thunderclass thunder I don't think it was a Thunderclass at this point. It, it, he said something with glowing legs. Yeah, there was like there's like some sort of creature that just hangs out in the stormfront and throws boulders around. Storm Strider. Thank you, Texas Blade. Storm Strider. I'm looking that up. I don't believe so. Like, I don't think anything of Odium oh, would want sprint. to hang out in like the high stormfront. Okay. Storm Striders are large sprint on glowing legs that are seen during high storms. Kaladin and Shallan see one while they're in the chasm during a high storm. Dalinar also sees one in this chapter that we just read. That's it. Yeah. They've been referenced twice in the books. So, like, in-universe, they're kind of cryptids. Like, people think they exist, mm, but right. there isn't a lot of evidence of them because they're only in high storms, and you don't go out in a high storm. Unless you're Dalinar. And you forgot your knife. <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. It's okay. He got a delivery. Um, Dave didn't talk about it, but... Cowden was worried that he was losing he's losing the bond with Syl again like now he's like super paranoid that's gonna happen because it happened once and he doesn't want it to happen again because she's acting like a windsprint to blend in yeah but then she tells him to be cool and he bees cool yeah gotta listen just gotta and trust the reason he was, why he's not breaking the reason and maybe he didn't I, I think he realizes it but um the reason it happened in the last books because he had two different oaths that were competing against each other, and he was essentially gonna break one of his oaths, and that's a no bueno. And the oath he was gonna break was his Windrunner oath. Yes, which so... is more important because, like, Sylphrena is an honor friend, but she's not. She's not the Stormfather. Yeah, like she's not holding Kaladin to every single oath he's ever made in his entire life. Right. Like, she's holding him to, like, these specific ones with her. Yeah. Um, there was something else Dave said I wanted to, to comment on. Oh, he was pretty... He's actually pretty spot on um, about the, the weird shadow echoes that are happening on Norithiru. Um So it's it's it doesn't just copy everything, but it, it is... I think it's described to us as it's trying to, like, learn how to be human. But the problem is it only understands, like, very passionate um, events. So that's why murder stands out. It it's it's not just murder though, because I it, we're gonna see it. Like she attacked, didn't she? Like Vale as Vale knife someone in the hand or something in the chapters. Yeah, she. Okay. Yeah, they stabbed both of them in the hand, like herself and him in the hand. Yeah, like she's he puts his that. hand over hers, so she stabs both their hands into the table. Yeah. So, um, that's that's something that's gonna be as well. So. That's that's sort of the clue that's like, wait a minute, this isn't just a copycat or even the same person committing this. There's some weird echoing thing that is happening, which also suggests that, like, there's a lot more of these events than we ever yeah. hear about. The yeah. only ones we hear about are the murders because they're big. Yeah. 
But Dave, Dave was pretty spot on once I pressed it for him. Maybe I shouldn't have pressed them before, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's sort of you can tell something weird's happening, but yeah, we'll, we'll get more about it as we go on. Um, one other thing I want to mention, um, it's because I finally read the chapters. Uh, it's something I noticed from last week's chapter, but Adolin mentions that he was born under the sign of the nine. I don't think we talked about that. I don't remember that. He says it. It's just a single sentence. Like, like, what is it? Shallan's like, tell me more about yourself. Or I shoot. I don't even remember the context. But Adolin's like, I was born under the sign of the nine. And I'm like, oh, the nine, you say, which normally it's like it's no big deal. They have 10 different signs because, of course, everything's a 10. But we also know the number nine. Well, 10 minus one in particular is an important arc number that we should be paying attention to so it stood out to me on the reread that was that is something i would bullet point if i were to make a bullet point list i would be like hey that's interesting and then i would talk about if you were to make a bullet point list like you're going to for the next episode right well so the main issue with that though is that i read in bed like at night about to go to sleep so it's I have to remember to do it after I wake up. And so I, I usually you'll get like a list. You won't really get bullied. You'll just get like, again, you'll be like, this is interesting. And I want to talk about that. That's what you'll get. You can me. make notes on your phone. Ugh. Oh, no, I'm reading on my e-reader. No, I'm my wife then, is trying then, to sleep. I'm not going to pull out my phone. Like, let's put the light on. Got to make a note. Then have a little notebook beside you. No, it's guys like a caveman. <laughs> with paper and pen like a caveman like the heathen kings of old anyway i thought that was interesting um yeah it's just a shame because when i actually read the chapters there's stuff i want to talk about and then when i don't read the chapters i'm like yeah we're good because I'm, I'm just looking at the summary on the copper mine which is like nothing there's like i mean this is good don't get me wrong this has been a valuable resource but it is a summary so I'm going to be missing certain things that just are in the text, like flat out telling me. So it's good when I actually do the reading, as I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's things. what the rest of us have been saying for a while, too. Hey, I do the readings. I, I read Way of Kings with you guys. I did Mistborn and Mistborn Air 2, although I know I pulled ahead on those. I definitely did Warbreaker. Let's see. That's a pretty good thing. I got most of them. The important one. I actually do have to do a read of... Uh, I went, I didn't do Edge Dancer, I was going to, but anyway, um, I don't think I really have anything else to talk about, for spoil, or if I do, I don't remember. Yeah, I think I'm also done. Oh, oh, no, I have one more thing, I'm sorry. Uh, this is sort of like, it, this is in relation to the talk that we had last week, but it also comes up in this chapter again, where he keeps talking about, um, so this is Pattern, in Shalon's chapter, how he mentions that he doesn't mind Adolin carries around, you know, a corpse. And that's just how things work. I think he mentions that you must destroy to survive. And it's sort of like Pattern has this very negative view on how things work in the physical realm because of what Shalon did to Testament. Like he was the replacement. And it was mentioned. This is what I, I wish I brought up if I had read it uh, in last week's chapters where he mentions like it's OK if you kill me. They'll just send you a new one to bond. I, I know we like sort of talked about that, but like reading in a text, it's like, holy crap. Like, that's exactly what happened. She bonded to Testament and then she she, you know, broke herself and and everything else. Uh, and basically all the, the oaths and truths that she made. And yeah, and then they sent her a new one pattern and then they'll do it again because she'll keep breaking. 
Uh, at least that's that's what pattern is seeing it would happen. All right, I think I think we've episoded. That no comment for that. Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> well, so I I think it's interesting how like um the cryptics and the um, cultivation spren are. You can see that they are methodical in their planning of who gets to be um, a Night Radiant, whereas the Honor Spren are just kind of like, yeah, that one, or, you know, Syl in particular. Um, it, well, I, I think she felt a draw towards Kaladin. Like, well, she didn't guess, do a bad choice. No, 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 no. I'm saying it wrong. It's um, the individual Spren rather than mm, the mm. whole group of them together are deciding this. Yeah. And that might just be more because of what happened with the recreants and how they decide to approach it. Like, I know Syl and her siblings, like, they're they're essentially... Oh, Syl's the weird one, because she was asleep at the time of the recreants. But all the other ones that she's with, like, they're all new. Like, they're, they, they weren't around during the recreants, so they're willing to do the bonds. Cryptics, I think, are, I guess, are older, but they've decided collectively that because things are happening, they need the bond. And like you said, they've chosen certain people. And the first it, one they sent got killed. Yeah. Maybe the honor spren are right. First one. Like like maybe the honor spren like are right to stay out of things. If if they're gonna be like Shalon, yes, but Kaladin well Kaladin also Yeah, yeah, good example, Craig. Sense. Good example. I, I don't have much to work with, I'm sorry. Renard like, has been pretty good to his spren. Right? Shalon killed her spren, <laughs> but Kaladin only nearly killed his spren. Mostly dead. Just just give it a few hundred more tries and we'll get a Radiant who can keep a Sprint alive. Lift is pretty good at keeping her Sprint alive, even though she thought he was a Voidbringer for a while. Hey, why don't, why don't oh, we the, start yeah, That's perspective... what I was going to say. Um, because uh, Wendell talks a lot about how um, they they chose Lift. Like, at all of the Cultivation Sprint as a group. Like, they had a list and, and Lift was on it. So it's, it's not just the cryptics. Why don't we start Perspective Radiance off with, like, I don't know, a goldfish. See if they can keep right. that alive for a year or two. <laughs> uh-huh. And then maybe they can get a spren. Start with a gold goldfish, move up to hamster. Well, I don't think we have the time for that. So part of the risk, man. I, I am actually excited to do a reread of Rhythm of Wars. I only read it once. And now that I know, I can actually pay attention to the details. If I do that, I'll let you guys know in spoiler time if I notice anything. But anyway, I am done but for now. You could you could let us know with like I don't know some bullet no. points. Nope, not doing it. I don't have the time for that. Not a whole book. You're the one that brought it up. Craig is promising to bring bullet points for episode two hundred. Yeah. Okay. No. Now I heard him say it. Did you hear him say it, Tori? Absolutely. Yep. I heard that. Episode two hundred. Craig's bringing bullet points, and that's an episode. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.